0: Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa, is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. A very good morning to you and welcome to this week's installment of Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. My name is Nimrat Mbele. As always, I am delighted to be afforded an opportunity to give you, the beloved listener, a content that is enriching, uh, thanks to our well-informed guests that are, that share their lived experiences on some of the critical policies and programming, which enhances, in my view, entrepreneurial spirit. In today's conversation, I'm joined by Kurt Luber who, in his capacity as the chairperson of the African Tourism Board, um, I'm also joined by Lobu, who's not a stranger to the show, uh, he's the executive at Brighton Africa. And the theme of our conversation this morning is the operationalization of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. Uh, to this end, we are we will be reflecting on the challenges and opportunities uh, in enriching the continental vision. Uh, just a quick reflection: the theme of, of our discussion is operationalization of African Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is one of the flagship projects of Agenda 2063. Gentlemen. Good morning and welcome to Beyond Government.
1: Good morning to you, uh, Mr. Mbele. It's uh, it's actually an honor to be part of uh, this uh, great conversation. And as we welcome and say good morning to all our listeners.
2: Good morning, Dr. Mbele and to High FM listeners. And also good morning to Mr. Cuthbert Nube. And thank you for joining us, my chief.
0: Thank you very much, gentlemen. Without a waste of time, I've already painted a picture. Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is one of the flagship projects of Agenda 2063, was obviously uh, conceptualized to integrate and transform the continent into the largest single market. Um, since its conceptualization over two years ago, um, if I may start with you, so how far are we in terms of implementation?
2: It's good news that since the operationalization of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement on 1 January 2021, major strides were made to this far. I'm happy that December marks exactly two years after the start of the operationalization. Excited also that I'm we are also going to to look at uh, the state of tourism on the continent. Since we have just entered the festive season, celebrations is the buzzword uh, nowadays. But from the trade side, there are four major um, developments that we have scored. But before that, let me say that um, we are happy to say that so far, we have 44 African countries out of 55 who have ratified the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. And then you have nine um, who, which have just signed it. And as you know, every family has one. We, we have one country, which is Eritrea, which is yet to, to sign and to, to ratify it. By ratifying it, it means all these 44 member states of the African Union have submitted their instruments for for the modalities of operationalizing the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. So, one major um, uh, development that I that I think we should celebrate is the Secretariat uh, launching a project called Facilitated and Guided Trade Initiative. And basically, we we have seven countries that have volunteered uh, to pilot the operationalization of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement based on uh, the tariff book that the Secretariat has established. And these countries are Ghana, Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania, Mauritius, Egypt, and, and Cameroon. And they've identified a number of, of products uh, that could be traded under, under the agreement. This includes your ceramic tiles, your batteries, uh, your horticulture and, 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 and flowers, your avocados, your tea, palm oil and components uh, of, the, of the air conditioning um, um, and rubber. And then from there then, this, these countries, are, through their effort, we will be able to test the operational, legal, uh, and trade policy environment uh, under the Af- Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, whether it's, it's workable, whether it's practical. And we will also be allowing uh, commercialization amongst the seven states, whether it is meaning, meaningful uh, under uh, Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. Uh, we'll be looking at whether is it effective, is it impacting on boosting intra-African trade. And then also it's meant to to send a positive message to all member states, uh, who still have to, they still have doubts and they have to to, still to to ratify the agreement to show to them that, yes, this is working and it will benefit you. The second project um, which was launched is the Africa Trade Observatory. This one is a trade information portal that will make sure that um, in line with our 4IR uh, technological advancements, Uh, You are able to access information at the tip of of your finger So this system will collect data from member countries and provide intelligence to both government the private sector and and civil society agencies on how uh, trade is continuing under the the Africa continental free trade agreement and there's also the the Africa Continental Free Trade uh, uh, Agreement online mechanism for reporting, monitoring, and elimination of the non-trade barriers. For instance, if you go to, to 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 your border gate, and you are able to share with the secretariat all the the problems that you are encountering in uh, in terms of uh, the customs. Uh, officials being able to clear your 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 products to go into another African country. And the major one, which we celebrated um, earlier this year, was the establishment of the uh, Pan-African Payment and Settlement System. This was a, a collaboration between the African Union and the African Export and Import Bank, uh, which is headquartered in... In, in in Cairo, in, in Egypt, and it is facilitating cross-border financial market um, infrastructure transactions. Um, and the good thing about it is that uh, it is saving the continent over five billion U.S. dollars um, in transaction fees, because previously, if you were trading with another african country the the medium of of transaction was the u.s dollar so this pups you are able to transact in your local currency and the person you are who is who is buying goods from you will also be buying in their local currency this is very very important that um
0: uh, can hear from from the energy you're quite excited, and I'm sure the listeners have been given nuggets of what to expect. Um, you know, let me just bring in uh, Dr. Mube here just very quickly on some of the issues that you have highlighted. One, obviously, it, you know, tourism being, being, in my view, could be one of the low-hanging fruit. If I may to bring you here, uh, Dr. Mube. What is your take on the role of tourism in, in entrenching the Vision
1: 2063 um, as part of this big flagship project? Where are we, Doc? Thank you so much. Maybe from the offset, may I hasten to um, to affirm when you indicated that uh, because of the developments that are taking place, uh, your international rating agencies. May I emphasise the international rating agencies these are agencies that are sitting in you know in New York and the other continents who are looking and zooming in on developments in Africa the idea of intra-africa trade initiatives great brilliant idea that talks to Africa to say how do we disconnect ourselves from these uh, I mean, so-called agencies. We need to be able to create our own mechanisms in Africa that looks at our affairs. And and, and really, Africa needs to stand uh, abreast and and take care of their, uh, for pride in the continent. Yes, the African Union, uh, Agenda 2023, that is really emphasized uh, to say, look, if there was a time, where Africa needs to regroup and stand as a block and protect our interests in this beautiful continent of ours, which, by the way, I am proudly I have proudly emphasized that if well a well-coordinated approach is actually activated through all 54 member states, this will be the powerhouse of the global community. I can affirm that. Yes, the idea of Africa trade um, initiatives uh, that has been implemented, that is being implemented, and by the way, quite a number of good strides when you look at the East Africa community block, we have actually gone an extra mile. We're just coming from the rwanda tourism week a few days ago where we had uh, the conventions of about what 18 member states grouping together talking with one voice to say how do we use tourism as the tool and the catalyst to drive the agenda of africa and when we talk about tourism tourism is all about bringing people together irrespective regardless of your status in the community it brings us together. It shapes us together. It brings a smile to someone else. And in our recovery uh, from from the pandemic, we are saying to all the governments that uh, can we utilize tourism as a tool that will spearhead the economic recovery, that will spearhead uh, bringing our member states together. And by the way, we need to see a well integrated approach, which it hasn't been actually appreciated and implemented across the across 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 the continent. I have always said that imagine Dr. Mele, you you have a river in front in front of you. There you are, you are laying a foundation on the other side of the river and 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 you forget that before you construct a foundation you need to create methods that will in help you to tra- to travel to the other side that's what exactly what has happened we need to make sure that we dismantle some of the barriers, I mean the hindrances that are really, really taking us aback as the African con- I mean community. So I believe that tourism is the only tool, the only tool that will bring us together. The only tool that will talk to us. And as we focus on the Inter-Africa, we are saying we we're talking of domestic. We're talking of regional. We're talking of continental activities so that as Africa, we are able to stand as custodians of what God has actually given us so that we can build strategies and mechanisms that will empower and and, and co-opt all the custodians who are our communities. Who yes are indeed. Africans in Africa. And when I say Africans in Africa, I am not mindful of your culture. I'm not mindful of your of your of your greed of, of your creed and your color. We all belong to Africa. Let us build our own empire so that we then disconnect from the dependency syndrome and so that we can then stand and say, "Uh uh-uh, let's have have our voice in Africa. Let's create our agencies here who will be able to evaluate our progress, who will be able to evaluate even our currencies, who will be able to... Remember, these guys, they control when they want the wind to to the eastern side that's that's what they want they want to keep africa at the backdrop it is time now to say uh-uh let's move let's drive and let's appreciate this great initiative that was actually introduced by our forefathers because remember this intra africa trade these were ideas that were brought by our forefathers back then and we are still discussing now this generation to say how do we implement them it is time for us then to start taking a move and implementing these brilliant uh these brilliant um absolutely uh,
0: Absolute. on that brilliant idea we let's gonna take let's take a quick break we'll come back just in a second beyond governance making sense of doing business in south africa is proudly sponsored by plus 94 research The science of decision making. Welcome back to Beyond Governance. I'm having a very fascinating conversation with the chairperson of the African Tourist Board, uh, Kuthut, um, Nube, as well as Somalobi, who is an executive at Brand Hill, Africa. The theme of our conversation is the of Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is one of the flagship projects of Agenda 2063. Before we took that break, um, we got very interesting observation and insight from Somalobi, who gave us uh, uh, you know thoughtful processes or at least progress in as far as for the four countries that have ratified the agreement, uh, nine which is signed and one which hasn't signed, which is Eritrea, over and above that, he gave us insights on some of the major developments. For an example, he alluded to the strategy, the launching of the trade initiative in seven countries, which has beginning to show signs of how this uh, magnificent magnificent program is being implemented. Uh, He also gave us insight on, you know, the Africa Trade Observatory, which is an infrastructure tool that is meant to collect data and give uh, participating uh, countries insight on what are the progress. Also, we had interesting observations from Kusbert Nube, who gave us a perspective of how tourism can be used as a catalytic tool during the recovery process and the extent to which tourism can, if applied correctly, and integrated fashion, dismantle some of the barriers which we've seen in the past. He quickly made reference to the, the, the Uganda Tourism Week that they've had. And on that note, there are a number of significant opportunities which were discussed and which are in the power plan for development. Those are a bit of a snippets that I just wanted to share with you as we progress uh, proceed with the conversation. So i come back in back to you. You've given us food for thought in terms of some of the major developments that you have observed. You know, One of them that perhaps maybe it might worth our attention is that of establishing Pan-African payment system, which is one of the biggest catalytic instrument You've indicated to us that through that particular system, countries have been able to save substantial money, as the as the has the, the, the currency that is being used is not US but um, uh, domestic current currencies. Just unpack that for us and say what does it mean and what are the opportunities, the extent to which uh, African countries can leverage on this particular payment system. Take us through that, please.
2: Basically. This system benefits uh, consumers in Africa because usually if, if you are buying a product, then you will also pay transaction fees. And those transaction fees, like currency exchange fees, were extremely high because trading across the African continent was based on the U.S. currency. Now, in this instance, if I'm buying a product from Nigeria, as an example, I will be buying that product with the system having converted the price into rent, and I will be able to pay the only extra cost I will pay on procuring that goods will be delivery cost, not transaction fees, because all transactions are now treated as local, even though they are continental. For that reason, in fact, we'll say even though, one, we can allude this increase in intra-African trade to the operationalization of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, but also perhaps to the economic lockdowns, because um, you remember China being one of the big source markets for the continent when it closed down to contain the spread of of COVID-19, that meant that African countries had to procure goods from each other. And as a result, just last year, we have seen intra-African trade exports increasing by 32 percent, and then intra-African imports also increasing by 25 percent. And this was the base of seven to one billion US dollars in twenty twenty one. So the agreement is doing very well in terms of meeting its overall objective of boosting intra-African trade. And perhaps as South Africans we can celebrate that um even though Egypt overtook us last year as the second biggest economy, we we remain Africa's beneficiation hub. Um, Our manufacturing excellence has ensured that um, we account for 37% of intra-African exports, and then we only import only 14% of African goods. So South Africa is doing very, very well. We are the third biggest economy on the continent, but yes, we are the most sophisticated in terms of our manufacturing excellence. So we stand to benefit more than any other African country from the operas- operationalization of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement.
0: On the very same point of equity, uh, so which perhaps maybe it's one issue which some of the African countries that have not ratified or that have ratified are still struggling. How does the agreement promote uh, equity? Because African countries are not on the same level. Um, South Sudan, for an example, is far worse than Ghana, far worse than Kenya, far worse than any of the countries, and and so on and so to and so on and so forth. So. How does this, because that could be an incentive by African countries to promote integration based on how the system is promoting equity. Your take on that?
2: Yes, in fact, equitable um, allocation. uh, And for that reason, they've divided uh, African countries into three groups. You have those that are highly developed, including South Africa, and they are given five to seven years to remove tariffs on up to 90% of their products. And then the second layer of countries, they are given uh, between seven and 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 12 years. And then the third layer, we call them the bottom five. These are the least developed uh, countries in terms of their manufacturing output. And... Uh, the bottom five is Zambia, is Mozambique, is Zimbabwe, is Djibouti, and is Ethiopia. These countries are given up to 15 years because the manufacturing uh, sector has completely collapsed or or it's it's non-existent. So yes, uh, countries such as Botswana, even though it hasn't ratified. the the agreement yet uh, are falling in the second group. And from where I'm standing as an observer, I don't see any reason why Botswana shouldn't be ratifying it. But within that context, let me also say, because we have two uh, customs union in southern Africa, which is your SADEC, which is Southern African Development Community, and we also, for historic historical reasons. We also have the Southern African Customs Union, whose members are Botswana, Namibia, Lesotho, Swaziland, Eswatini, and South Africa. With them, intra-African trade is the highest across the continent. Uh, it's standing at 95 percent, meaning if you are stationed in South Africa, you are producing your goods immediately you have access to over 200 million consumers who are in, in Southern Africa. So we are the ones who are benefiting more, first from, from Southern Africa, but also from the entire continent. So our, our manufacturers in South Africa need to reinvest their cash reserves so that they can begin to, to target. Other can uh, other regional uh, economies like you East Central West Africa, which is the biggest, and also North Africa.
0: Interesting observation, So Let me let me just bring in. Um, you know doctor mube here on the side of tourism being a catalyst for development we know tourism it's not just a mm. it's a fairly low hanging fruit provided we have road infrastructure provided we have accommodation that meets the standards yes. and so on and so forth so these are some of the practical items which if provi- if done well could enhance productivity from tourism point of view. Give us a lay of the line in terms of what is the broader strategy over and above just the euphoria of tourism being a, a catalytic instrument that could enhance and integrate
1: the continent. Practically, where are we and what's the way forward? Thank you so much, Doc. Mr. Sol has actually elaborated the strides that have been actually implemented within the the Southern African part of, uh, of our continent. We have a very big problem because we have realized that we don't have a well-synchronized and integrated approach to say, look, let's approach holistically and say, how best can we move together as a, as a block, which is very fundamental because when you look at your, your your North Africa, your East Africa, yes, East Africa in as far as tourism is concerned, they have actually gone an extra mile. Whereas the Southern Africa, as the Northern Africa, as the Central Africa, we need to be able to pollinate the great strides, e.g. Eastern Africa, they've introduced a visa or a passport that enables its community to be able to move to and fro, which is a barrier, especially when we talk of connectivity and when we talk of, uh, of, 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 of visa issues, these are challenges we are still facing in Africa. And as we are seeing that tourism is the front line sector in achieving unity, in achieving economic strides, in achieving, rebranding our African story. Remember when we talk about tourism, we're talking of coming together, we're talking of progresses, we're talking of, of success. How do we achieve that? We need to be able to pollinate from those who have made quite very good strides. And I, I, I wonder at times when champions of industry get together, especially within the policymakers, what is it that we, we've been talking about this for ages? How best can we? assist Africa to have a common understanding, a common possibility, a common passport in that case, a common visa that will enable enhance as we are emphasizing on the in, intra-Africa trade initiatives. How do we achieve that when we still have these barriers that we have inherited from our masters? So it is time for us to really uh realize and appreciate and start implementing those good strides yes as to the tourism sector we still have our own challenges yes emanated from the covid-19 i mean pandemic where we realized and experienced the challenges in terms of connectivity and uh, i was actually surprised when we emphasize on domestic how do we train and make sure that each and every citizen of our member states appreciates tourism and then he becomes she becomes a brand ambassador of their own destinations how do we come together so that we can holistically promote our destinations, sell our African destinations as preferred destinations of choice. But over and above, we need to look at challenges that we are facing. It's extremely, extremely expensive to travel within Africa. Our surprise, I mean, flying uh, from from Johannesburg to, to Kigali, you pay so much. Almost the same amount you pay traveling to Europe. And that's not fair. Tourism should be structured in such a way that those who are custodians should be able to benefit, should be able to appreciate, should be able to sell and be brand ambassadors of this beautiful continent of ours. Quite a lot of good strides have been made, yes, with other regions, like I indicated that the East Africa community, they've done extremely well. And also in terms of trade, trading among us, each other, they are doing quite very well. So the onus is up to each and every indi—I mean region to say, what is it that we can emulate from East Africa region. What is it that we can emulate from the Southern African region so that we all move together as a block, ultimately achieving our goal as the continent?
0: Thank you very much for those observations. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus 94 Research. The science of decision making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Governance here at High. Uh, my name is Nibret Bel. I'm joined by Kudbeh Nube, as, who is the chairperson of the African Tourism Board, as well as Solomon Obi, who is an executive at Branding Africa. We are debunking the operationalization of the Africa Continental Free Training Agreement, which is one of the flagship projects of Agenda 20. Sixty-three. Before we took that break, we have many good, interesting insights from the colleagues here, particularly around the tourism. I mean, what Cuthbert uh, is really pointing out is the lack of integration and extent to which the community, you know, African communities, can leverage from each from each other's strength, each other's uh, lessons, each other's experiences, particularly drawing from the East Africa, which, in his view, it has grown an extra mile. I want to bring in Saul here, um, you know, because just a little bit further on the issue of accentuating what works, which brings in the role of the media. We know media plays such an incredible role in harnessing or demoting, if you like, any prospects For us to know what is happening in Eastern Africa, what are the best lessons, what should be the role of the media, and how media has played itself in promoting these kinds of brilliant lessons. Saul, you want to come in there?
2: Brand Africa is under siege, and it's under siege not only from external uh, stakeholders, but also from internal stakeholders, and and simply because you have, for a better word, unpatriotic uh, media industry across the continent. Um, In South Africa, two, three months ago, there was a debate around ownership of the media, because as you know, who pays the piper determines the tune. And if you look at all our main primary media outlets across the continent, they are all foreign owned. For instance, if you look at the five biggest pan-African Uh, television channels. All of them are foreign. You have your CNN, your BBC World, you you have your CNBC Africa, you have French 24, you have Al Jazeera. All these are narrating an African story from their own perspective. And back here at home, usually when you say to a person, I'm going on holiday uh, to any African country, the first question they will ask you is, will you be safe? Then I usually say to them, in fact, um, I'll be much safer than if I was to be in the U.S. Because in Africa, we don't have cases where a person will arm himself with with AK-47s and then just go to a shopping mall and start shooting randomly. We don't have those cases in Africa. But yes, in the U.S., you have such cases. So for that reason, I'll feel much safer in Africa than uh, I could feel in in the U.S. Mm. And we are endowed with tourism facilities that we need to embrace and to, to celebrate. In fact, in the four and a half years that I spent in Italy, I found that there were many Italians who knew many parts of South Africa that... I haven't taken my children to. And this was very embarrassing for me. So each time we came home on on vacation, I always made sure that I took my children to all those tourism uh, facilities so that when Italians were asking them about their own country, they could be able to say, yes, I've been there. I know this place uh, very, very well. But also since we are headed towards closing, just two weeks ago, the African Union convened an extraordinary summit for heads of states and government on industrialization on the continent. And the African Development Bank um, issued the, what they call the Africa Industrialization Index. And the good news coming out of this report is 37 African countries have industrialized in the past 11 years. And obviously, South Africa is number one country, as I've already mentioned this. Uh, It is number one, but it it is followed by Morocco, Egypt, Tunisia, Mauritius. Just to to surprise many in South Africa is that Eswatini is also one of the top six uh, countries that are industrializing on the continent. So South Africans need to go to Eswatini. Because there are many manufacturing opportunities uh, that are emerging in in that country. And if you are looking at providing the SADC uh, market, um, then immediately if you are in, in Eswatini, you'll be able to access this 200 million market. It also goes back to the media in South Africa only reporting about political problems in Eswatini instead of reporting about this positive story of industrialization taking place in that country.
0: Here's my change theory, Saul and Dr. Nube, is that clearly we've identified media as a critical lever because if you were to change ownership, as Saul has indicated that, you know, all the major major TV stations are foreign owned, the assumption is that if African countries can invest in their own channel the chances are more and more positive stories about industrialization can enhance the brand of the continent to a point where tourism uh, will have more tourists coming through based on the positive messaging that that would have been transmitted so that's my change theory approach the more difficult question is if we all agree that If you want to change the the narrative, you want to change the perception, you know, you have to be in a position of influence. And you cannot be in a position of of influence if you don't own the means of publication, i.e. television production. Is there a strategy from African Union point of view, particularly when you're looking at African businesses to club together, to own media outlets that are going to be patriotic? You know, to quote um, Sol's, uh, you know, view that we, there are a lot of media houses that are, are not patriotic to a point where they undermine the Africa brand. Your take on that, let me just bring in uh, Dr. Nguba here. Your take on that very point of ownership of media that could be used as a catalyst provided, you know, there's sufficient ownership that controls and popularize
1: positive messaging which will then benefit the same tourism that you are heading. Thank you so much, Doc. There is power in brand marketing, and the only way is to convey a good message. Africa, we have a beautiful story to tell, a story of success, not a story of hunger, a story of good governance, not a story of corruption, I totally agree with uh, with with Dr Mulobi to say most of these uh, media fraternities they are owned they are foreign owned hence they are not telling our story as Africans and in Africa remember the power and the rationality behind this it's because they still want to keep Africa at the backdrop of the global community. So the owners, it's up to us. We do have the the, the the power we do it to change the status quo. But the question is do we have the will to do so? And also remember that most of our policymakers, some of them, I mean I might be wrong, <laughs> but uh, they might be under the influence of foreign entities so yes africa is able to stand remember with all 54 member states combined together the power we have to make a decision to say look it is time for us now that africa needs to tell his own story her own narrative that will be actually expressed to the global community we have so much to offer we have so much resources we have so much in us only and only if we could have a well-coordinated approach and a well-constructed objective to say how do we move how do we brand our own continent how do we position it's all about positioning africa not to compete by the way with the global community but to make sure that we sustain our own economies we build our own economies, we have always said, look, it was a blessing in disguise that the global community, the world, went through these challenges of COVID-19. It afforded us time as Africans to go back to the drawing board to say, colleagues, what do we do now that the global community have disconnected themselves from Africa? What is it that Africa can do on their own? Yes, and we are we're still emphasizing that tourism is the catalyst tool we need to use. We need to make sure that we build up. Let us tell our own story, but it must start within domestic. It must start within the region. It must start within the continent. Imagine if all more than a billion people would appreciate tourism. This then becomes brand ambassadors to share a good story and to share a smile. We, we have always been victims of our own making, if I'm allowed to say, by inheriting and marrying some of these policies and regulations that have kept us at the backdrop as the continent. So now is the time for us to stand up. Now is the time for us to reshape. We are so glad that the African Union have realized that look, a lot has been said now is the time to get the implementation part of it to say how do we move on. And by the way, we're not looking at all member states, 54 member states, but we are looking at starting, like uh, uh, Mr. Molobi has indicated, that the strides that the Southern Africa communities and also the strides from the Eastern African bloc, if they have done it, it means that it is possible. So we need to come together as a bloc and really fight for our motherland. Africa, we have so much to offer. Africa is the next powerhouse of the world, but the owners, it's up to us. Let us group, let us tell our story. Let us tell our own good stories.
0: Absolutely. On that good story note, we're going to
1: take the last uh,
0: break and we'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Thank you very much for joining us. This is our last leg of a very fascinating and robust conversation I'm having with my esteemed guests here. I'm joined by Kuthbert and Mube, in his capacity as a chairperson of the African Tourism Board, as well as the one and only Sol Lobby, an executive at Brain Africa. The theme of our conversation is how to operationalize the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is one of the biggest flagship of Agenda 2063. Obviously we all know, or it has been brought to attention that the Agenda 2063 from the, the continental point of view seeks to integrate and transform the continent into the largest single market for goods and services. And for that, there are obviously, nuggets that nuggets that needs to be leveraged on so that we are able to realize um, the bigger picture. I mean, Saul and, and Ms Ngube here, Dr Ngube has given us very interesting observation in terms of what is it that has been achieved thus far. Uh, and tourism obviously being one of the strategic levers uh, which needs to be activated, we've, we've sort of shared our thoughts on how tourism could be strategic position. You know, should Africa be be in a position to narrate its own story, to create confidence within the country, within the region, and within the continent? These are some of the issues that the colleagues have been able to share with us. As we are gravitating towards the last, towards the end of our show, uh, Saul, your parting shot on these very complex and interesting observations that you have shared with us.
2: Yeah, my parting shot is that. Um, Next week, Wednesday, on the 14th of December, we will be hosting um, a seminar which will be looking at how do we brand position Africa as a viable destination for tourism, for investment, and also how do we package our products in such a way that they appeal not only to foreign markets but to internal markets. Mr. Kath Bertin will be one of the speakers. And then another keynote speaker will be Dr. Amani Asfo, who is the, the, the president of the African Business Council. We are honored that these two Pan-African organizations will be joining us to share their experiences and how we can learn from them in positioning ourselves as viable destinations for tourism and investments.
0: For people to join um, this very interesting summit, how do they get hold of? Can uh, you give us the login details or the venue, those kinds of logistical issues? Please share with us.
2: Yes, uh, they should send an email to info at info at brandhillafrica.com. And they yeah. may also look for our social media hen- handles um, under Brent Hill Africa.
0: Thank you very much for that insight, as well. I hope uh, the listeners have grasped those details. Nath
1: Math, your parting shout as well, Doc. If there was a time we need to drive in appreciation, by the way, in boosting the intra-Africa travel for our tourism business recovery, it is now more than ever. We need to start thinking and over and above acting differently in relation to the economic downtown inspired by the pandemic. Consequently, the opening of more inter-Africa trade, the establishment, the trade relationships and economic development in Africa all go well for business, travel and events. Let's join hands together. Let's make our mother Africa proud. It is ours and it is us who will drive this agenda to say, let us stand as a block, pleading with all policymakers to create an enabling environment that will accelerate the intra-Africa trade. Thank you so much once again. Tourism is the only tool that will drive, that will bring Africa Together, Let's dismantle the stereotypes, let's dismantle the borders that has separated us as member states, as brothers and sisters. Let us unite with one objective, to say our motherland, it is your time, it is my time. Thank you so much.
0: Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, colleagues, for your insight, which I sincerely hope have benefited the listeners of the show. We're going to have to do this uh, at some point. We have had the privilege of being joined by Kuthbert Ngube, uh, who's a chairperson of the African Tourism Board, as well as Solmulobi, who's an executive at Brent Hill Africa. We really unpacked um, very complex issue on, on how to operationalize the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, uh, which is one of the largest uh, flagship project. Obviously, this is a long haul. However, the colleagues were able to share with us some of the, you know, interesting observations or interesting successes, which the, you know, which which the agreement can leverage on to ensure that we are able to share the emancipation or the vision of the au in as far as making africa independent self-reliant and a hub of civilization if you like we're gonna to have to leave it here let's do it again next week shalom and look after yourself